Let's dedicate our Divrei Torah today. Le'ulim Nishmat. Ezra ben Tzion HaKohen. The anniversary of passing, I think, is the second day of Nisan, right? It's from next week. It should be a... Monday. Monday. Sunday. Rosh Chosh Nisan? Wow. So it should be a schut for his neshama, and it should, from the, his neshama should channel down bracha to all of his descendants and their families, and to uh, especially those who have to build their families. Amen. 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 So we should dance at your wedding very soon, man. Amen. I'm waiting for that. Chaim, Chaim. Chaim, Chaim. I was in yeshiva. We had a cook. And the cook somehow, I don't know how he did this, he looked at you right away and gave you, you, gave you the right nickname. Right away. <laughs> it was incredible. He was a genius. I mean, he didn't look like he was a genius, but from the nicknames he gave, he was a genius. He looked at me, <laughs> screwball. <laughs> he says, you have good ideas, there's always a screw missing. That's <laughs> <laughs> very good. It was, it was, it was, it was it, and he pointed out, different, it's true, what I, what, that, that, um, that, that uh, classification um, has served me well, <laughs> or not well, many times. <laughs> I'm, I'm mentioning this because this week uh, we read about something that addresses a question that, not just a question, but it's a question of all questions. The question that each of us has in different ways, in our, different times in our life. The question is, why did Hashem create us to not be perfect? Why did Hashem create us in a way that we fall, we rise, that we get it right sometimes, and even when we get it right, it's not exactly the way it's supposed to be? So and lam- why, why is it always, why the ups and downs? Why, why can't we, we just be created in a way that will get it right? So you appreciate it. So we're going to analyze this question from the perspective of, of this week's Torah portion. We read about the building of the Mishkan. Now, the Torah describes many things in a very brief way. The creation... A few dozen verses about his creation. The Mishkan, the temporary tabernacle that was with us in the desert. Guess how many verses, David? Guess how many verses? 30, 30, 30 verses, 35 verses for creation. How many verses do you think they needed to build, that temp, that, to build a tabernacle? How many verses do you think they put into that one? 126. Huh? How many verses did God devote to describe that mobile temple that was only used once, never used again in history? A lot. But how many verses? How many took him? 400. 400 verses about this mobile temple. And about the size. not only the, the details of the size, but it's more. The Torah repeats, hey Avi, the Torah repeats the whole description twice. There's, first the Torah says, God told Moses, I want the Jewish people to build an altar, a table. This is the size it should be. This is the shape it should be. This is the length it should be. This is the width it should be. And it goes through all of that in detail. And then in this Torah portion, it's all repeat. And Moses went to the Jewish people, and they did it. They built the altar to be this size. They built the tab. It could, the Torah could have said the whole entire Torah portion in one sentence. They did what God told Moses. But instead of doing it, the Torah repeats it all over again. They built the tabernacle with the ark, and with the ark was this size. And we know how big the ark was, because God told Moses how big it should be. But the Torah repeats the whole thing again. Why is the Torah go? Why is there so many details, and it's repeated twice in the Torah? So there are different explanations for this. The Orachayim HaKadosh says it's because God loves this temple. This is a place where God spoke to Jewish people, God revealed himself to Jewish people, it's a place that was close with us. The, the words, tabernacle in Hebrew, Mishkan Hayidut, means it's a testimony that God actually forgave us for the golden calf, he's going to be with us, it's special. That's what Orachayim HaKadosh explains, but there's another layer behind what Orachayim is, 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 is 
what he is saying has, has meaning, has depth. It's not just because God loves it, therefore he talks about it twice. It's also what does God love exactly. Every day in our prayers we say these words, to you Hashem there is greatness, to you Hashem there is beauty, to you Hashem there is victory. Everything in the heaven and earth. Everything in the heaven and earth. So the Midrash comments and says, whatever you find in the, in the heaven, you find in the earth. Whatever there is in the earth, you find in the heaven. There's a parallel in what happens over here to what exists in heaven. There's, there, there's a connection. When God told the Jewish people to make him a tabernacle here on earth, he hinted to the angels he wants one upstairs too. That's why the Torah uses the same words for the temple here as the temple there. God says he wants to have these pillars standing. How does the Torah describe the angels? It describes them as standing. Torah says that God wanted us to build Kruvim, the angel-like cherub things. In heaven also, there are angels called Kruvim. So whatever, whatever exists here, it also exists there. So which one, which tabernacle do you think God loves more? You would think the one, when God spoke to Moses and he said to him, I want the Jewish people to build me a tabernacle, he didn't just say they should build a tabernacle. When God was speaking to Moses, something happened. When God said that they should, they should build an ark, they should build an altar, his words... Made it happen. We say every day in our prayers, Blessed be the one, Sha'amar ve, Baruch Sha'amar ve, Ayah The one who said it, and by his words itself, not just did it later, the words of Hashem made it happen. So when God was speaking to Moses, there was a spiritual tabernacle, a spiritual holy place built in heaven. And that's the subject of the Parshan Trumat Tzavah, that's not the spiritual holy one. And this Torah portion talks about the one that was done on earth. They're very different. So give you an example of how different they were. The Torah describes that the calculation of all the gold and silver and copper that were given, and there was a little discrepancy there. A little bit of a discrepancy. The Torah says the Jewish people thought, I'm not making this up, you can read this, this isn't is the Talmud. The Jewish people thought that Moses was a gambler, and he couldn't pay his debts for his gambling. He was in, you know, he was in Atlantic City, and, and he couldn't afford. And so therefore, what did he do? He took off, he, he, he carved off a little bit off the top of what he received for the Mishkar, for the tabernacles, he could pay back his gambling debts. That's what the Jewish people were thinking. So that's the kind of difference you have between the physical temple on earth, where you have all this discussion of jealousy and greed, even the, getting that discussion, you're talking about a very physical thing. But the temple on, in heaven, that's a whole spiritual, pure, holy thing. That's, that's the difference between these two temples. It's not just the difference between these two temples, Eli. It's also, Eli... It's also within ourselves. Hi, Ellie. It's also within ourselves. <laughs> it's also within ourselves. We also have these two temples. There is a spiritual temple and there's a physical temple in ourselves. What's the spiritual temple in ourselves? We, whatever, whatever exists in heaven, exists in earth, also in ourselves. We have a heaven, we have an earth. What's the heaven inside of us? The heaven inside of us means the times in our life that we feel very holy, very elevated. Like, for example, on Yom Kippur, at the end of Yom Kippur, you say Shema Yisrael, you say Hashem Elokim, you're wearing the kittel, you're wearing all white, you fasted, you haven't eaten and drank, you say to Hashem and you mean it, Hashem Elokim, Hashem Elokim, thank you. So that's, that's Yom Kippur, that's the, he- that's, your, that's the heavenly side of you. Then there's another part of you which isn't so heavenly. Then another part of you which isn't so holy, which is, which is messed up a little bit. So... There was, there was a Jew who was full of anger, always full of anger. And when he had his first baby, so he held the baby, and he felt like he's done with the anger. 
Anger is done. Just looking at the baby, holding the baby, he's done with the anger. And that happens. Everyone, God willing, you're going to stand at your wedding, at your chuppah, and you're going to have these elevated thoughts like, it's going to be different. Now it's going to be different. That's, that's, that's how it feels at the chuppah and Yom Kippur. That's the heavenly, holy mishkan we have inside ourselves. But besides the heavenly, holy mishkan we have inside ourselves, we also have the other one. The one with all the deficiencies, the one with all the problems, the one with all the, the things that are missing. So which one does God like? So surprisingly, the Midrash says, God does not want that one that was built in heaven. God wants us, He wants, where does He want that Mishkan? Where does He want to, to dwell? He wants to be in the one that we build on earth with our deficiencies, with our faults. In those things which we find to be faulty and lacking and messed up, that's what, where God wants to dwell. Now the question is, why in the world would He want that? Why would He want to have the messed up? Why would anyone buy, want to have messed up merchandise to have good merchandise? So, the truth is, <laughs> he knows. <laughs> okay, fine. It's the wrong crowd. That's the question. Today. But the truth is, every question, every question comes from somewhere. Sometimes you have a question, you don't know something, and then you get the answer, and the answer satisfies your question. Sometimes the reason you have a question is because you don't, you're missing something inside yourself. It comes from someplace inside of you. Like I was, I, had a, I gave a class yesterday to a group of eighth grade girls about getting ready for Passover. And they all have the same questions. Why do we have to drink the cups of wine? Why do we have to eat the matzah? Why do we have to work so hard to clean for Passover? Same questions we have, right? <laughs> but it, can't, it comes from somewhere. It comes from because you feel there's, there's no, you don't feel the value of what you're doing. You don't see the spiritual meaning of, of eating the matzah and the murder. And the, you don't see what hap- what's happening in front of your eyes. It's just something you believe in. It's distant. So the question comes from a place. Jews always answer a question with a question. Like this non-Jew he came to this Jew and he asked this rabbi, he says, Rabbi, why is it that you Jews always answer a question with a question? The rabbi says, why not? <laughs> <laughs> so, so the, but, but the, the, there's a, it's a joke, but it's true. The reason we answer a question with a question is because questions come from somewhere. Sometimes the information is not going to satisfy your question it, because you're missing something inside of yourself that's bothering you. And it's an, it's not, it's, you, have to, you have to focus on what's making you ask that question. So in order to answer our question, why did God want to have this faulty, mediocre temple, we have, to, we have to ask another question. Let's go to another question. What is this question? In, there's another thing that's repeated throughout this Torah portion. It says the Jewish people built the Mishkan, Ka'asher Tziva Hashem et Moshe. The way God told Moshe. The Torah repeats this again about 20 times. They did what God commanded, Moshe. They did what God, Why say 20 times in this Torah portion? They did what we know, they do what God told Moshe. What else, what else are they going to do? The answer is, there's several, several answers. The Or Chaim says one answer is that whenever they build something, they have to have in mind, I'm doing this for the sake of whatever it was. I'm building the table. I'm building the table for Hashem. They have to say that. This is the table of God. And they're building the altar. They have to say this is the altar of God. That's one explanation. Another explanation is, they were pumped up. They were excited. They were full of, of love. They, were, they weren't just doing this. They were doing this with, this is what God commanded Moshe. They were like dancing on the table. Let's go do something. Let's go do what God wanted us to do. That's how they were inspired. That's another explanation. I want to share with you the explanation of the Grizz. The Grizz, oh, you got, you look, 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 it's not an insult. I said the word Grizz. <laughs> the Grizz was a great Talmudic sage from the house of Brisk, the Salvechik family. He lived about 100 years ago. Very, very. He says about him that he knew the entire Talmud by heart with Rashi when he was 16 years old. So the Grizz, he said the following idea. There's halacha, the law said, the Torah says like this. If you have an animal, and the animal gives birth, the Torah says the firstborn is supposed to be given to God. 
Okay? So let's say an animal has twins. So the first one's given to God. What if both ch- children of this animal sit their head out of the womb at the exact same moment? Which one's given to God and which one does the owner keep? What do you do? So the Talmud says, You can't say it happened exactly at the same moment. Why not? Talmud says two explanations. One explanation is, there is no such thing as the same moment. There is no such thing as exactly the same moment. It's impossible to, to say that they happen exactly at the same moment. And our eyes may look at the same moment, but it's not really the same moment. There's really a distinction between them. And, and, and therefore, one goes to the Kohen and one the, the owner keeps. That's one explanation. Another explanation is, there is a difference. One happened before the other. One was born before the other. But we can't tell which one was born before the other. Therefore, we give one to the Kohen and one the owner keeps. Because you can't tell. So Talmud continues and says, when the Torah tells us to build for God a table, the Torah says a measurement. It has to be this length. Can we build it exactly the way God wants us to build it? Can we get it exactly to the right measurement? To the millimeter? To the exact, exact measurement? We can't get it right. So the Talmud says, so how did God tell us to build all these things? If, if you don't build it right, it doesn't work. These things are part of the temple. They have to be built exactly to scale, exactly what God said to do. If it's not built right, it's not kosher. So how is God telling us to do all these things which we can't possibly get it right? So the Talmud answers, God gave the Torah to human beings, not to angels. He gave it to people who can't get it exactly right. And he wanted, he wanted it to be... <laughs> the way he told us to do. He wants us to do as best as we can, and that's good enough. That's what he wants. So God's desire, when God said he wants to have a temple, you know what he wanted? He wanted to have a temple which wasn't so kosher. He wanted a temple which wasn't the best. He wanted a plan B, a grade B, a mediocre temple, it seems. But how could that be? How could it be that God's plan is he wants to have a mediocre temple? Why wouldn't it be a much better idea to create us to be to be like Superman, that we could be so exact, that we could be like angels, and get it exactly right. Why do you make us in this way that we have, that he says it's good enough. The, the, the degree says, that that's why it says in the Torah, they did what God commanded Moshe. He's saying, why is it kosher? You know why it's kosher? It's kosher because they, God said to do it. It's kosher because they did what God said to do. Really, it's not kosher. Really, everything in the temple was not built exactly the right way. There was a millimeter off, a half millimeter, a tenth of a millimeter, a hundredth of a millimeter. It couldn't possibly be perfect because it was built by human beings. It couldn't make it exactly right. It was either bigger or smaller. Somewhere there was a mistake. But you know why it's kosher? Because we did, because God said to do whatever we could do. That's why it's kosher. That's what the Grizz explains why it says the Jews did what God commanded. Moshe, they did as good as they could. That's what, the, that's what God asks us to do. So this is... Well, this will help us understand why the neshama comes to a body as well. This will help us understand a lot. It's not just, we've now moved from the academics of the, of, the, of the tabernacle and its size and how it's supposed to be. This will help us understand a lot about life. How Hashem made us to be in a way that we are deficient. We have problems. That we, that we, have, we have lack. We have, we have mistakes. We have screws missing. The, the reason that that's there is because that's exactly what God wants. God wants to have a home specifically in the place of confusion, specifically in the place of imperfection, specifically in the place where things aren't perfect, that's where he wants to have a home. There was this boy, autistic child, Rabbi Shate Savatiski. Uh, he's I mentioned to you a few times of this great rabbi in Belgium, Rabbi Zemisari there. He was once visiting someone in uh, who works in diamonds in Belgium, that's a big industry there. 
And the guy says, oh, he's on the phone. And he says, can you watch my store? Watching the store, it wasn't watching the store, there's millions of dollars of diamonds. <laughs> he says, can you watch? I got to go right now. He says, it never happened to him before or after. He says, what do you mean? I got to go right this second. Can you just stay here and watch this? Okay. So he gets up and he leaves and he comes back. He says, well, what happened? He said, an artistic child is a child you feel you have no connection with sometimes. That's a show. You could feel that way. Because the child doesn't, doesn't seem like they, they tune into you. But the child, he went over to my wife, he dragged her by the dress, and he, he dragged her all the way to the refrigerator, and he said, open the refrigerator, and she opened the refrigerator, and he pointed the orange juice, and he says, I want some of the orange juice. There is a connection. That's why he ran home. There is a connection. And in a similar way, when we say that Hashem wants to have a home in this world, where does he want to have a home? He wants to have a home in those things that we think are imperfect and faulty and bad. Where are you finding yourself something crooked? That's where God wants to have the home. Where to find yourself something off? There's something uh, people say, it's, it's similar to a midrash. Not sure exactly the, uh, the right version, but this is the way I heard it. The midrash says something to this effect. When the Jewish people built the temple, there was one ugly stone, a very a stone that was, 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 wasn't was properly properly fitting anywhere. It was a stone which was, which was all different kinds of uh, deficiencies. By the way, no diamond is perfect. Even a perfect diamond, you look with a microscope, it's not perfect. There was a stone, the one they built the Beit HaMikdash, and there was a stone, no one wanted the stone. The stone was not, a, it's not, it's not, a, it's, it's not could fit anywhere. So they, they took the stone, they threw it on the side. What, who needs a stone? But then they're about to finish building Beit HaMikdash, and there's a spot there, and they need to fit. And this spot is an awkward kind of place where nothing can fit into it. Oh, they remember that, that weird-shaped stone. It happened to us in our kitchen. When we first moved to Los Angeles, we needed to have a, a, a table to fit in our kitchen. And, we couldn't, and it was such a small kitchen, we couldn't fit it to find a table that would fit there in the right way because there was a stove here and a refrigerator there. And we went to this, to this, to this store, and it was a weird-shaped table. And it actually, it was perfect. <laughs> exactly, I'll never forget. I was like, it was like built for our kitchen. This weird-shaped table. No one in the world would ever buy this table, but it, 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 was, it was meant for our kitchen. Anyways, so, but the question is, why does she make it that way? Why did Hashem make the Beit HaMikdash should have, should be completed only by this deficient, wacky stone? The Torah says, Even The stone that all the builders says, who needs a stone? That's what became the top. That's what became the most important stone. What does that mean? When you find in yourself a problem, crooked, it's bad, it's not the way it's supposed to be, that's what Hashem wants. That's what Hashem is looking for. That's what Hashem is, that's where you're able to find me. You, where do you find Hashem? Specifically in that thing. That's why it says in the Torah, Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, you find in yourself, find yourself a fault, it's me'elokim. It's from God. It's a gift from Hashem. We're able to find in ourselves a fault because it's in the fault that Hashem says that's where the holiness is. That's where the that's where you find me. There, there is a pasuk, a verse. I know, I, I, I know, I've extended my welcome over here. I try to try, 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 try to try to make this very brief. Um, we, we, we're going to say the, the blessing after we finish eating is God, thank you for creating our souls. What's chesronan mean? Our faults. Our faults. What are we missing? Unless you have something you're missing, you don't want to get better because you're already there. So we thank Hashem because without the faults, we wouldn't go anywhere. Similarly, the Torah says, Moshe Rabbeinu, we got the Torah. Where did he go? He went into the dark cloud. 
Where do you Moshe find Veshem Elokim? Where do you find God? He found God in the dark cloud. In the Torah, there are twenty-three smaller letters and twenty-three larger letters. The same size, same amount, the same twenty-three larger letters and same twenty-three smaller letters. Hashem, I'll you guys one more thought. You guys go. Eli, Eli, this last thought. You guys go. There's a there's a shul in Borough Park called Shomer, Shomer Shabbat. This this shul is has a unique feature. The shul has every kind of tea that there is in the world. Every kind of tea. Where is this? In Borough Park. Shomer Borough Park. Every kind of tea. English tea in Brooklyn. Oh, you say Brooklyn. Sorry. So you're delaying the story, bro. We need to send him over there. In short, how did this, how did this, synagogue, this synagogue is one of what they call in America, they call it a minion factory. It's teeming with people all the time, people always praying there, one minion, the next minion, always people going in and out. Like, what's the name of that synagogue in the neighborhood they have? What's it called? Whatever it's called. It's, 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 and the sun is setting, and the guy says to the girl, I didn't do mincha yet. She says, okay, go to mincha. <laughs> he goes mincha, but he finishes as he begins. You know what I'm saying? He goes, chik chak. He does mincha. You know, like that. So she goes home like, mm-mm, it's not for me. It's not for me. This is not the guy. The guy that I want to marry is someone who prays to God. It takes praying it's seriously. It's not, it's not the guy. So... So the Shadchan, the one who matched them up, he calls up the girl, so you guys ready to get, to get engaged? You ready to go forward? She says, no, I'm, I decided to get, I'm not interested. Says, well, why not? She says, don't tell the guy, but I, this, this mincha, I was, everything was great, I, his character is great, a nice guy, he's like, I, but this thing is not, it's not, it's not for me. I need someone who cares about prayer. So the guy, unfortunately, as happens also, the word Shadchan in Hebrew, which means matchmaker, Stands for the words Sheker Dover Kesef Notel. Which is what? It's a Svarim. Shadchan stands for they say lies and they take money. Which, by the way, by the way, is an important point. The Rebbe told my grandmother, give, if, for a matchmaker for your children, give them money and they'll respond to you. Which sounds like don't wait for them to come to you and then pay them. Pay them in advance, grease the wheels. And then all of a sudden, you'll become the most handsome guy in the block. You'll become the most... You got, you got that, okay. That's how it works. That's how it goes. So anyway, so so, 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 so I'm finishing the story. First, I'm finishing the punchline. You usually give money after you get married. He said give but money... The, but there was my grandmother, give the money in advance, and they'll respond to you. They'll respond to you. They'll respond to you. That's a good advice. Take it Take it to, when you need it. Okay, getting back to our story. So... No, no, Life goes on. Life goes on. The shidduch, the shidduch is messed up. The guy doesn't marry this girl. He he goes off and gets married. He gets married, etc. And one day this guy is reading the newspaper, and he sees there is an obituary. This person, this lady died. So he calls up the chevra kadisha. He calls up the burial society. He says, "I want to. I want the the, the uh, casket to stop by my synagogue." Because you know what happened? Because Oh, and I forgot to tell you this. Because of what happened, this guy decided she was right. She was right. I didn't value prayer. I'm going to fix this. You know, Jews have this thing, they want to fix things, right? 
I, 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 I'm going to build a synagogue that people can pray all the time, no matter what. I'm going to have a, a synagogue where anyone's going to feel comfortable. And every kind of tea you want to have in the world is going to be in this, this synagogue. Everyone's going to feel comfortable in my synagogue. Because of what happened, because this match was messed up, because he didn't value prayers, I'm going to value prayer. Wow. So when she passed away, he asked the Hebra Kadisha, can you bring the, the body to pass my synagogue? Because it's customary. When someone builds a synagogue, Chatzor Shalom, they bring the body past the synagogue as a before going to the to the cemetery, just so, outside, right? Just outside, yeah. or it depends on what the situation is. Sometimes bring inside. Anyways, so the Chavra Kadisha says we can't do that. You're talking about. So he says, ask the family. The family agreed. They brought the the, the 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 hearse to the synagogue, and he says, I want you to know that all the prayers that have been said in the synagogue it's only because only because of you. Wow. So the, the point is. Every one of us has different things we want to accomplish in life, right? We all have different things that we think that Hashem wants us to do, and we think, how could I do it? Well, I have this problem, I have that problem, I did mistake, that mistake. What did the Torah say? How did they build a place for Hashem? There was one ingredient they had to have. What was the Nediv Leif? Nediv Leif mean? And a Jew does something with the Yiddish, Chesidish, Vankat, and which means in English, he does something with a Jewish, a Jewish warmth in life. Do something with the real, in your heart. You put your heart into something, so Hashem will guide you. This will be the thing that Hashem's hands will work. It seems like you can't be, I'm, I'm not the guy. But you do something with warmth and life, and you put your heart into it, that Hashem guides you that this will actually be successful. Especially now we're all preparing for Pesach. We want to be there. That, that Pesach should be the way Hashem wants it to be. Otherwise, who else are you working for? So you have to put your heart into it. So I'm doing this for Hashem, and Hashem will bless us all to have a kosher, to have a year of freedom from all disturbances. And the main disturbance is this galut, which is way, 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 way too long. And Hashem should end the galut right away, which will come to Yerushalayim. Mashiach Zakeinu Mkar Mamash. Chaim. Rabbi Hanan. Rabbi,